last summer in, in June, uh, Lumpur Sumedho was, was visiting uh, Abhayagiri, spent a number of weeks with us, and offered a number of reflections and uh, a, a couple of question and answer periods, and one of them uh, was for the monastic community that we had over at Santi Vihara. It was a lovely uh, session of question and answers for, I think, at least an hour and a half or so. And I was listening to the recording of that uh, the past week or so, little bits and pieces at a time. It had a lot of rich material, a lot of good reflections, a lot of things to contemplate, and I've, I've been, doing, been doing that a bit, and it's been coinciding a little bit with our readings on the, the five khandas for the winter retreat, which we started uh, this past week. We've had a number of sutta readings and discussions, uh, as well as from some other modern-day authors, texts from uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi and Ajahn Suchito and Bhikkhu Analyo, as well as the uh, sutta discussions. So it's been a rich time delving into the, starting anyway, to delve into the five khandas as, a, as tools for reflection. The um, question, one of the questions uh, that stimulated some uh, very interesting reflections from Lumpur Sumedho was, uh, was when Ajahn Chunda actually asked the question regarding uh, how he was, I, I can't remember exactly how the question was phrased, but in relation to the fact that his sister, Ajahn Sumedho's sister, was uh, in the process of dying, and I can't remember if by the time that Q&A session happened, if she had already passed or she was still dying. But I don't think she, had she, she hadn't passed away yet, but he had gone up to visit her uh, in Vancouver, Washington, uh, and realizing that she wasn't going to be living much longer, spent some time there visiting, saying goodbyes, essentially. And then I think she died about six days after he returned here, and he went back up there. But anyway, uh, the question was how, uh, what kind of reflections he might have around uh, death uh, with this happening with his sister so close at hand. And, and he gave some very nice reflections um, related to uh, related to the five khandas, of course, uh, but it was, he was talking more through the lens of the, uh, the ten fetters, uh, particularly the first three fetters, um, uh, as the Buddha talks about the obstructions, these fetters, sanyojana, uh, in relation to how they uh, obstruct us from um, being liberated from the cycles of samsara, being liberated from suffering. And it was a little bit, I had to think about a lot of the things that he was saying to try and see how they uh, piece together, but, but maybe before I, I mention one of the salient points that 
uh, caught my attention. Just to review, in case people aren't completely familiar with the, the ten fetters, what they mean. Uh, there's many different ways that the Buddha talks about obstructions in our practice. Uh, the first part of our retreat was doing readings on the five hindrances, which is one of the set of obstructions in practice. Um, and the ten fetters is uh, a different way of uh, expressing some of these more as, as I said, the, the fetters that keep us bound to uh, the cycles of, of, of birth and death uh, and the suffering that comes uh, through um, existing, essentially. And uh, the first of these uh, ten fetters is what's called Sakaya Ditti, uh, personality view, identity view, uh, the, essentially the belief that we, uh, there is a, a, a self, a, a substantial uh, self uh, that can be found within any of the five khandas, the five aggregates, or some combination, or all of them, uh, of uh, form, the body, uh, and mind, uh, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness. Uh, these f total of five khandas constitute what we would call body and mind, uh, and uh, any form of identification with them as I am this, or I uh, own this, or I am part of this, or this is part of me, any form of identification uh, with them uh, promotes this sense of, of, of a substantial entity of self. And attachment to that view, or as uh, Ajahn Sumedha referred to it as attachment to ego, uh, is, is one of these uh, fetters. Another one uh, is what we call uh, silabata paramasa, or attachment to rules and conventions. Um, you know, uh, oftentimes I think in the time of the Buddha they were uh, referring to certain rites and rituals that uh, various wanderers and ascetic, ascetics of that time would practice. Uh, in a way of purifying the heart, purifying the mind uh, to lead to freedom and attachment to those particular rites or rituals in and of themselves is considered a fetter uh, and uh, can't really do the trick of freeing the heart. Uh, but in a more broad sense, and again this is another uh, teaching that I've heard from Lungkor Sumedho, uh, and broadening that definition of sila bhatta paramasa, uh, to include attachment to views and opinions, attachment to conventions like religion, identifying oneself as a, uh, a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu and, or a Buddhist, uh, and particularly when it gets to comparing, uh, saying one is better than the other or only my way is right, everyone else is wrong, uh, those kinds of Views and attachments around religion can be considered a uh, form of uh, sila bhata paramasa, or things like conventions like uh, culture, race, gender, um, and I and I think even uh, family. Uh, sometimes you know uh, 
people who don't necessarily have uh, uh, a strong religious faith or belief or uh, culture, a clan that they identify with, maybe a more humanistic philosophy, and become attached to the concept of family being the being sort of the place to take refuge, uh, find meaning, ultimate meaning in life. So any attachment to, to conventions or forms uh, beyond just the notion of the five khandhas of self uh, are a fetter, uh, a fetter to realizing freedom. And then uh, of the three fetters, the third, uh, a third one being vichikicha, doubt, uh, which is often, I think, kind of um, a result, in a sense, of, of the first two, attachment to ego, attachment to rules and conventions, and uh, things like that. Uh, and uh, Ajahn Sumedho talks about, he was talking about doubt in this particular talk that he was giving as uh, due to excessive thinking, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a quite clever observation. Um, that, uh, you know, whether it's an actual uh, proximate cause or whether it's uh, you know, just part of the, the situation, uh, I'm not quite sure, but uh, you certainly see it when there is doubt going on as this constant nattering of the mind and wondering, you know, what is this all about? Is this the right thing? Uh, am I in the right path? Um, am I doing it right? Am I capable? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I should try something else. Uh, maybe I should try another approach. All of these kinds of entanglements uh, when we aren't clear about what we're doing and, and the effects of it uh, early in the practice often. A lot of questioning that manifests as this constant verbal gnashing uh, in, our, in our heads over and over again, which just exacerbates the, the doubt. So these are the first three fetters uh, that are talked about. Um, and just to kind of finish off with the, the ten fetters, uh, make sure people are uh, clear on what they are, the uh, fourth and fifth fetters of uh, sensual desire, um, kamaraga, and biapada, which is ill will, aversion. Those are the fourth and fifth fetters uh, to freedom, obstructing us from freedom. And then um, rupa raga and arupa raga, a, a kind of a, um, a lust for or desire for existence in the material realm or the fine material realm. Existence for being, as a, uh, you know, or uh, attachment to being, uh, wanting, uh, desire for becoming existence uh, for those two. And then the last three of uh, uh, restlessness, kind of a subtle restlessness of not being able to kind of completely uh, uh, settle uh, the mind uh, for clarity. The view, mana, uh, asmi mana, the view, the, the, the subtle form of conceit, the subtle form of I am, uh, the sense of I am, even if we've eliminated the identity view of the first better, the very subtle s sense of, of I am, like we've talked about in some of the suttas. 
and then the final uh, fetter of, of ignorance, not knowing uh, and fully penetrating the Four Noble Truths. So these are the ten fetters that keep us bound in samsara. But what Ajahn Sumedho was saying, back to the question at hand, uh, uh, is that he was reflecting on, on death uh, and where he was, which was in a state of not particularly fearing it in, in any way. Um, and reflecting, of course, the sadness of losing his uh, last family member, his uh, sister, and, but um, also relating it uh, to um, how people can get wrapped up in the, in the whole fear cycle around dying. And it's uh, what he says is that it's th- through... Um, how do you phrase it? Uh, not being able to see through the artificial conditioning of the first three fetters, as opposed to um, this, the, the other seven fetters as being more natural to the form of being a human being. Uh, that the first three fetters are what he referred to again as artificial uh, artificial conditioning. And I had to think about that a lot because I thought it was quite, it was quite interesting. And, and he did go on to talk about it a bit more um, in some general ways and some, and some specific ways. But as I pondered it and as I thought about it, I realized and just going back to the root, root of the word artificial uh, conditioning, that these three fetters are sort of artifices, constructs that are built upon the other seven fetters that are more natural to the human form. Uh, and not that those seven fetters are inherent to the human form because we can transcend those fetters. The arahant has transcended all 10 fetters. So they're not inherent to the human form, uh, human existence, but um, the, the first three fetters are actually built on top of those other ones. They're artifices, artificial conditioning. Um, and it, it made a lot of sense when I kind of framed it in that way to me, anyway, uh, in that um, those seven fetters of... Uh, sensual desire and ill will and the subtle forms of uh, uh, self, uh, uh, holding a sense of self uh, and the ignorance uh, and, and the, the, wish for become, the wish for being, just the wish for existence, are what essentially we're born with uh, as human beings. There's, those are the bases for birth as, as a human being. Um, and that the first three fetters are add-ons um, that we actually, through the conceptual process, uh, develop this uh, view of who I am uh, based in relation to this body and mind. We build that on top of the, the, the basic structure. Uh, we develop uh, a sense of identity around groups, culture, uh, family, religion, uh, rites and rituals. 
that's an, that's an artifice built on top of uh, the basic structure again. And then all the uh, constant reviewing uh, and um, questioning uh, that's based on those uh, artifices that we've built up uh, around identity uh, as the support or the nutriment for for doubt, uh, seeding uh, this very crippling kind of mental quality we call doubt uh, that prevents us from having any uh, kind of sense of direction or confidence. So that these are artifices built on top of uh, the basic fabrications of, of being, as being born as a human being. And I thought framed in that way uh, that it was actually kind of a, a brilliant observation on his part uh, and um, a real uh, important reflection because, as, as most of us know, if we uh, eliminate those first three fetters and see through the illusion of the five khandhas as being self or related to self, if we overcome our uh, attachments to ego in that way, if we um, overcome our uh, attachment to the structures around us that we identify with, the cultures, the culture and the uh, politics even, and the family, uh, if we can let go of our attachment, our clinging to those, uh, and eliminate uh, also uh, the doubt, uh, then we are solidly on the path to, to freedom. Uh, as we all know, this is what's called stream entry, uh, firmly um, and in a sense irreversibly uh, on the way. Um, and uh, this is no small. Um, this is no small understanding, uh, but it is something that we can realize, uh, and we can realize it in this lifetime with um, continuing effort. And then. You know, I often, you often hear that, uh, you know, stream entry is 80% of the practice. Um, I, but I, and, and maybe that's true, but uh, I think that last 20% is a pretty big 20% too, <laughs> with, with the continuance uh, of having to deal with essential uh, desire and ill will and all the subtle forms of conceit and just the uh, attachment to existence uh, in, a, in and of itself. There's some... There's some hardy work that needs to uh, be done uh, for that last 20%, uh, if that's indeed the case. Uh, but overcoming that artificial conditioning uh, is our uh, first step to freedom uh, and serves, uh, in particular relation to Ajahn Sumedho's talking about uh, his sister's passing and his feelings about death, um, that... Uh, if, if we want to uproot that, that fear uh, of death, um, then uh, the best way is by eliminating any sense of uh, identity with our body and our mind. Because that's what we fear losing. We fear losing our contact with existence. Uh, what does it all mean if we don't have a 
a sense of, of uh, uh, what the path is all about. So we're looking for that conviction, uh, that, that sense of stability that comes from eliminating our attachment uh, to, uh, to worldly conventions and to this sense of self. So that's the culmination of our uh, practice uh, in examining the five khandhas, which is what we've been uh, talking about the past week in our, in our readings. And the first level being this initial penetration uh, beyond personality view and then using the same contemplations to take us all the way to, to full realization. Elimination of all of the ten fetters. I, I hardly recommend uh, if we have access to it. I'm not sure where it is on our website, but maybe uh, listening to that Q&A session again, it was just very, very rich. So the, 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 one of the approaches that we take, of course, is the contemplation of the five khandhas, uh, as we've been reading and discussing, uh, by uh, examining each of these five aggregates one by one to see if we can uh, see and experience deeply and fully penetrate uh, what it is that we the notion of what we take to be ourselves through the lens of Dhamma uh, and watching uh, very closely within our meditation, within our contemplation, as we quiet the mind, as we still the mind, um, to turn to uh, observing and experiencing uh, the body as it arises uh, in our minds uh, as experiences of the body uh, persist and as they pass away. The, watching the, uh, the different uh, aspects of bodily experience, bodily sensation, the, the breathing process as it ebbs and flows, the, the heartbeat as it uh, uh, contracts and relaxes, the, um, automatic nature of bodily experience, uh, the metabolic forces, the subtle movements of the body, the, the twitching of the muscles, um, all of these things as they arise, as they persist, as they pass away, just stepping back and seeing it all happen uh, as a process that uh, the body in its own intelligence uh, goes through according to its natural laws and reflecting on how much uh, how much control do we really have over that and not just as an intellectual exercise but actually sitting there in the present moment watching the body doing what a body does without any particular uh, control on our part or need to control the bodily the body has its own intelligence and to observe that in our meditation. And then we'll see the arising, ceasing, the anicca aspect, the anatta, the lack of ultimate control, and, um, and the inherent unsatisfactoriness if we are trying to take refuge in some sort of stability in regards to the body because it's constantly changing, it's aging, 
it experiences illness and it will pass, it will die. So taking that as a very deep contemplation to bring it in over and over and over again, uh, in the similar with the other uh, aggregates, the aggregate of feeling, uh, watching pleasant feelings arise and pass away and morph into unpleasant feelings which arise, pass away, which morph back into pleasant feelings or neutral feelings where there's not much experience of pleasant or pain, just one after another after another uh, just being with them in the present moment. Or perceptions, the, the ephemeral nature of uh, our experience of the world around us, how we interpret it, the patterns, the habits, uh, the opinions that come from them, uh, classifications of ourselves, how we view ourselves, how we view others, uh, creating our world. Uh, and how that is constantly changing and how mistaken we are about many of our assumptions. Where did that, where did that perception of this person being a difficult person or someone who's a, a problem go to uh, uh, when that changes into a pleasant experience, a good interaction you had with them, all of a sudden they're a different being? Where did that perception go? Watching the instability of that whole realm of the world around us, or the, the ways we react uh, to, to these perceptions and feelings through uh, creation of new ideas, uh, patterns, creating new patterns through body, speech, or mind, the ways that we actively construct our world and the patterns that we do experience, and the feelings, uh, through the volitional formations, sankhara, and then just the constant weaving of our reality through the divided knowing of uh, vijnana consciousness that constantly is weaving the illusion uh, from all of the sense bases to form uh, uh, what we would call a coherent whole and the sense of identity that comes from that. So constantly experiencing, reviewing, uh, reflecting on, on these five khandhas is our way towards uh, detaching from having a sense of, of identity around any of them. And when we do that, uh, uh, the re, uh, we get this result of, of the mind, or the, I should say the awareness, or just this quality of knowing separating from the object itself. This is what Ajahn Chah has refer, refers to uh, often, in, um, and also uh, Ajahn Sumedho, others, um, that allow, and it was the fundamental um, realization that Ajahn Chah had in his very brief encounter with, with Lumpur Man, Ajahn Man, was uh, getting the teaching uh, and realizing and experiencing deeply this uh, uh, the mind as being one thing or essentially the awareness um, the knowing quality which is uh, the fundamental attribute of citta knowing, the knowing quality as being separate from the objects of mind so allowing that 
experience of just knowing uh, the objects uh, as separate, or knowing uh, the quality of knowing as separate from the objects that uh, the knowing is attending to. Or that the knowing knows, I guess. And when that's experienced, the the perception of self in relation to any of these objects, any of these five aggregates, uh, falls away. Uh, You see them as independently uh, operating through causes and conditions that have been set in motion, but not with a a fundamental agent uh, uh, as part of it, not with a not with the perception of self uh, that's uh, controlling all of this. And that's our entry uh, into the elimination of um, uh, that uh, personality view or identity view, Sakaya Ditti. And then we extrapolate that to um, seeing the the emptiness of, of the attachment uh, to the rules and conventions or the uh, different identifications with groups that we have um, uh, and uh, leads to um, release from, from doubt. So this, you know, if we, if we take this contemplation of, of the five khandhas uh, to heart, uh, and uh, keep on working with that uh, within the context of a quiet, still mind that sees clearly, um, then this whole notion of of me uh, in relation to the body and the mind drops. uh, And uh, we see through the illusion. It doesn't mean that we've eliminated the subtle forms of, of conceiving of self, which is only done on, uh, in the fruition, a path and fruition to arahantship. Um, but that gross, we, we can't any longer uh, believe uh, that there is a, a self that we uh, have to find, that we have to understand, that we have to improve, that we have to liberate, I, I think is... Uh, Ajahn, Ajahn Sumedho has said also, uh, um, you, can't, you can't liberate the personality. The personality isn't, you're not able to liberate the personality, you're liberating the heart, the chitta. Um, and then uh, all the other uh, attachments uh, will start to fall away too. And, and it doesn't mean that, um, again, that we don't have a fair amount of uh, work to do to, because those more um, basic underlying tendencies towards uh, desire, sense of desire, ill will, and the, the, the craving for becoming bhavatanha uh, are very deep uh, and um, take some time to, to process uh, and free ourselves from but we can do it more so much more easily if we're not identifying with them, blaming ourselves or thinking of ourselves as uh, inherently um, sinful because we have these other uh, 
uh, afflictions that were based on, on habits, based on uh, kamma, and acting on, uh, acting on uh, these desires and aversions. So the work to be done, the remaining work to be done, becomes so much easier without that form of identification and questioning and doubt. And with the elimination of those uh, first three fetters, or the, or the transcendence of them, the seeing through them, uh, these artificial, this artificial conditioning, these artifices built, built on the rest of it all, uh, then there comes this sense of confidence. Um, we know we've got work to do, uh, but we have confidence, faith, essentially, that the, the path that the Buddha taught is uh, how we can actualize that understanding. It's not a blind faith, um, but it is based uh, on experience. We've uh, put enough of the teachings into practice uh, and seen the results of it that we feel confident that even though we've got uh, a ways to go, that this is the right direction and we can't we can't be fooled otherwise. We can't be drawn from that. Uh, we won't be pulled into, into doubt. So essentially overcoming that fetter of doubt uh, establishes us uh, quite strongly in, in confidence. Uh, faith, sadha, uh, as we call it, um, that uh, we're, we're, in, we're going in the right direction and that we won't fall away from that, no matter, <laughs> no matter how long it takes. And any kind of uh, anxiety or fear over uh, death of this body, death of this mind, uh, evaporates uh, when, we, when we see that it's not who we are. So anyway, I just uh, really enjoying that kind of contemplation coming together of our readings and discussions around the five khandhas and, and uh, where it can take us and also uh, Lumpur Sumedho's reflections on um, the uh, uh, attachment uh, uh, that we experience through, through the, five, the first three fetters, uh, the artificial conditioning uh, that we once we eliminate that, we're, we're well on the road um, to uh, uh, seeing the, the fruits of, of the path. So I'll just leave that for a few reflections tonight. <laughs>